I, I tell my runners, assess how you feel. You know, at the end, at the end of each mile, if you have a two mile tempo run at that first mile, okay, how do you feel? You know, can you do this for another mile? Go for it. If you feel you can't, then take that break, recover, and then go on again. Are you constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week on the show, we coach you to grow as a runner, just like the process of building a strong, durable home that will last a lifetime requiring little maintenance. The design and planning is your mindset. The foundation is your strength training. The framing is your run plan. The electrical and plumbing is your nutrition. The insulation, drywall, and flooring is your recovery. The landscaping and exterior is your race strategy. If you master the six parts of growing as a runner, your running will be strong and last long, hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Every week, we help a runner just like you build their dream home. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hey, Healthy Runner, I am doing a six-day launch for a super affordable group coaching program option for a fall half marathon. This will be the only half marathon program we do until 2024, so I want to get the word out. This would be a half marathon training program for your running and life. Get the run plan, exercises, nutrition, structure, and support to run 13.1 miles this fall. Feel strong, confident, and crush that half marathon. Our team will keep you training consistently with the proper support and structure to get stronger and run faster so you can crush a half marathon this fall. This 12-week group style Healthy Runner Coaching provides you the accountability you need from trusted experts in the health and running industry, true, tried, and tested, easy-to-follow half marathon plans tailored to your level of fitness and health. Training start date is July 24th. Registration opens up Sunday, July 16th and closes down Friday, July 21st. This is our super affordable option for those that cannot invest in our one-on-one personalized coaching program. You still get access to our team, the structured run plan, the same strength and recovery exercises we give the runners in our one-on-one coaching. Don't miss this opportunity to take your running to the next level for your fall half marathon. Just visit learn.spark healthyrunner.com forward slash team to sign up today before we shut down enrollment on July 21st. Are you looking to get faster for the half marathon or the marathon distance? 
Have you tried to hit a PR, but you keep coming up empty? Are you feeling stuck with your running and you're not sure what you're doing wrong? Do you want to learn more about what most coaches would argue is the most important type of run to master in your training to get better at the marathon or the half marathon distance? Saddle up as we cover everything you need to know in mastering the tempo run. I have Kat from our Healthy Runner coaching team with me here today to talk about one of the main four types of runs you should be implementing as a runner, following along in our six, our six steps to growing as a runner. This will be the official How to Do a Tempo Run episode, so you can get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running for decades to come. Coach Cat, you know how we do this. Give all the new listeners in our audience uh, a little bit about yourself and who you are, and let us know why you love running. <laughs> Okay. I am Coach Kat. I am a fitness instructor at our local YMCA, as well as the Group X coordinator. So I get to deal with all of the group classes that you could think of in a gym. I'm a run coach. I work with everybody from very beginners at our Y from couch to 5k for that um, charity. But I also obviously am a healthy runner coach which is a much more in-depth program. And I work with people all the way up to ultra marathons, which brings me to, I have done every dis race distance almost. I haven't tackled the hundred K yet, but, or a 50 miler, but I have done 50 K I've done relays. I just finished a 10 hour endurance trail race. So I do trail and road which is a little bit of a hybrid and a little bit different, but it makes it more interesting, I think, for me. And it gives me a really broad range to draw from. And I use a lot of my own experiences when I'm coaching as well as the science. And I can tell you generally if something's going to work or something you read on Google is, I'm like, no, that's not going to work. It may be never. So that's just a little bit about myself. I also... I was going to say, I like cat. I like so many things. I can't even listen. <laughs> Let's not even get into that. Well, you are a scientist by trade and you're an engineer. Yes. You love tractors. I, you love I, Marvel I, movies. Oh, <laughs> Avengers. I heard Avenger fan. I'm not going to get into the different Avengers because that is very polarizing. <laughs> uh, so Scarlet Witch all the way. Team Cap. Those are, if you're Marvel fans, you will know what I mean when I say those two things. I, I yeah. do like, you know, cats. I love animals. I love cars. I, you name it. I love being outside. I love animals. I used to volunteer and work at the Bronx Zoo. So I have a lot of different skill sets. You definitely do. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. You are probably one, you know, most people are like, if they're into a lot of different things, they're like a master of nothing. For some <laughs> reason, you're like a master of many things uh, because your your level of knowledge in particular areas are um, very, very impressive. And that's why I love um, the work you do with the clients in our program, because you can cover such a diverse 
you know, running population, whether it is someone who's struggled with chronic injuries, whether they worked with me first on getting over an injury, and now you're kind of, you know, working on their mindset and really getting the confidence to get back to running a half marathon, or if they're a trail runner, or if they've kind of, you know, quote unquote, failed a couple times at the marathon distance. And, you know, like, you've had all of these broad experiences yourself, which I love. And you can really help guide someone in those particular areas. Not to even mention that you're a treadmill expert as well. And oh, I you're... forgot that. How the heck could I have forgotten I'm a treadmill person? I'm a treadmill instructor and treadmills are my babies. How on earth could I have forgotten about the treadmill situation? So those of you who call it the treadmill, uh, Coach Cat yeah. will no. help you learn misconception yes it can be actually fun and stimulating um for myself personally i experienced that uh firsthand because i never run on the treadmill and i did coach cat's workout that she put in our program for our clients for when it's too hot outside or too cold outside and they need to get a run in and they want to get a run in they can get it in on the treadmill and it doesn't have to feel torturous uh, because I actually loved the run. It was very stimulating. It gave a lot of variety. It was fantastic. Um, so yes, you have multiple, multiple skill sets. But today's skill set yes. is we're going to kind of dive into uh, this tempo run. And, you know, Coach Cat's going to really educate us on like, why do we do tempo runs? And who should do tempo runs? Who shouldn't do tempo runs? And then we'll get into like tempo pace calculators and ways that we can think of perhaps some easier methods to think about how we tackle uh, the tempo run and really more importantly, get the benefits of integrating this type of run into our training. And as you guys probably are aware of at this point, but Spark Healthy Runner has given like hundreds and hundreds of runners a plan for getting stronger and faster without getting injured. And our plan will work for you too in terms of looking at this tempo run and integrating it into your training. So all you need to do is like, you know, stay tuned, listen in, but then that's not it, right? You can't just learn about something. You have to actually implement it and take action. So kind of implement all of the tips we're going to share with you. And then also, if you learned something and you implemented it, it helped you, you have to share that, right, with a running friend of yours um, who is struggling at getting faster and staying healthy as a runner. So we appreciate that. And, you know, if you, if you do this, really, you're going to be taking one of the foundational types of runs. And when we look at our six steps to growing as a runner, you know, that mindset is super important. You have to master that. You have to integrate strength training into your running. You have to actually have a well-designed run plan. And that's really what we're going to be focusing on today. We talk about really designing your run plan initially around four types of runs with the easy run being integral, the long run being a staple each week, and then the tempo run, which is what we're going to do the deep dive on today, and then the interval run when that comes into play. And then besides the run plan, we also need to take into account our recovery, which is super important and often forgotten about when we're looking at our running. And then also just thinking about like 
what is our race day plan, right? And like, how are we executing kind of that perfect race day strategy? So as I kind of mentioned earlier, if you've been struggling at like, hey, I'm not getting any faster for my marathon, I'm not getting any faster for my half marathon, what we're going to talk about today is going to be super helpful, but keep it in the context of thinking about all of our steps and how we grow as a runner. And I didn't even mention, Brooke is going to kill me that I forgot to mention nutrition and fueling for our runs. I was like, wait, well, how many steps did I say? <laughs> so yes, nutrition and fueling for the run is also one of those steps in kind of improving as a runner. So yeah, Coach Cat, let's get into, you know, I guess the basic question here is, you know, what is a tempo run? All right. Such a seemingly simple question that isn't as simple as it sounds. There's a lot of misconception or a lot of people, when I tell them about tempo runs, they kind of know what it is, but they don't know what it is. So the scientific version simplified is it is the hardest effort your body can handle that it's able to clear the lactate equally as it's being produced. So that's a really scientific description of it. So it's at what pace your body is clearing the lactate as it's being produced so that you don't feel that achy feeling you get, you know, you always say you have lactate buildup or lactic acid buildup. So you don't hit that feeling. So it's how fast can your body get rid of it and process it in relation to how fast you produce it. Generally speaking, that's the scientific term. And at any point, if anybody wants the really nitty gritty science part, email me. I have a master's degree in molecular and cellular bio, and I love the science nitty gritty. But if you aren't a science person and you just want to get faster, you really probably are not going to care about the lactate and how to measure all that scientifically. But if you do, I'm your person. Contact me. I'll be more than happy to share that information with you. So that's the technical term. The I'm going to say the more general term is a pace you can hold for a certain time that's classified as comfortably hard. And again, I get well, what is comfortably hard. Well, then I would say it's an RPE of A78. Well, what's an RPE of 78? <laughs> so you go down this like rabbit hole of trying to explain. So what I tell people is, and I'll get into the details of how long, but for however long your tempo run is supposed to be, whether it's a time-based or distance-based, because you could have both, how hard can you, what pace can you sustain for that duration without feeling completely out of breath without feeling like you're going to collapse, but at the same time, not feeling like, oh, I could do this forever. So it's that it, they say race pace a little below your race pace, but if you've never run a race, you're not going to know what that is. A lot of times, a lot of these terms, people are assuming you already have a base and you know, but a lot of times you don't. So it's how what the pace is that you can handle for however long your tempo run is where you're not at the end, you need a break, but you're not like, it, it's not an interval. It's not a sprint. It's not a, I can't breathe. I'm about to collapse on the ground, 
but it's also not a jog in the park. I can talk to my friends. So, you know, and I will get more into details about, we'll, we'll go into the specifics of that in a bit. Yeah, no, I, I think that's super helpful. And thank you for kind of simplifying um, what can be a very complex topic. And, you know, how I like to think about this is, and you're right, there are different terms and and that we can call like aerobic threshold versus lactic threshold and all of those types of terms. I like to think of it as it's the hardest type of run that we can do that we're still efficiently like exchanging oxygen. And like I just envision in my mind, you know, I'm still utilizing oxygen, I'm breathing heavier, but I have not crossed over that line where if anyone's ever done a race before, right, where you get to that point in the race and you're like totally gassed and you're like, all right, my mind is going to take me the rest of the way. You're in the pain cave. Um, Or if you've ever done, you know, sprint training or interval training or track-based work where you're running so fast, by the end of it, it's you're huffing and puffing. Like you're not going there because the reason you're huffing and puffing is because you can't breathe because you don't have oxygen anymore. And we call that anaerobic, right? We're not utilizing oxygen while we're running or we're starting not to, right? So it's really that fastest pace that we're still using oxygen and we can actually sustain it for a length of time. And I think this is the integral part for especially marathoners and, and, you know, half marathoners is this is where we get that benefit of being able to run faster during a race because now we've trained our bodies to tolerate running at a faster pace, not for a short period of time, but for like an extended period of time. Would you kind of agree with that description there? Yes. That's why this is a very sometimes confusing topic for people. And, you know, I also like to say it is a faster run in between a warm up and a cool down at its simplest, you know, so a lot of times, and, and I will get into more of that, but if you're a very beginner tempo run person, then maybe do your warm up at a comfortable pace, push that second or that tempo run a little harder and then go down to an easy run for cool down. Sometimes that's as simple as it, as simple as as complicated as it needs to be for beginners, like who have never really done tempo runs. Okay. So that's definitely um, helpful. Now let's take a quick pause from this episode in which I hope you are finding value from to talk about safety because it should be a top concern for every runner. Have you got the right running safety gear? Whether you're heading out the door for a quick, easy run or logging a long run that you need to start super early before the sun rises or you finish super late after the sun goes down, Knox Gear keeps you lit up from all angles so you are visible by cars. Their signature product, the Tracer 2, keeps you visible while you run by pairing powerful multicolor LED fiber optics with ultra-reflective 3M patterns and fluorescence. Knox Gear's new Tracer lamp lights your path 
and boost your visibility that attaches directly to the buckle of your tracer, eliminating the need to use a headlamp anymore because let's be honest, who loves that bouncing feeling on your head when you're running? Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order at noxgear.com to receive 35% off your order. Go ahead and give Noxgear a try. Trust me, we recommend it to all of our healthy runners in our coaching program, and you will never feel more confident that you are safe while running. Now let's get back into this episode. Maybe before we kind of get into like how we do these, you know, maybe let's get into like why we would do these, you know, what are like the benefits of a tempo run? Okay. Well, the longer you do tempo runs, the more your lactate threshold is going to increase. And what that means, the ratio, and what that means is you're going to be able to run faster for a longer period of time while you start training. It also gets you prepared for feeling uncomfortable during a race you you start to feel like okay i can push through this i'm not going crazy but i'm still this isn't exactly what i i i i I can't just sit on the couch i can't just eat i can't drink it prepares you for the race your body it gets your body used to okay i know what this is and it also mentally prepares you for times in your race where you may need to push that pace and your body will know okay, I know how this feels. I know what I'm doing. And I give the example, and I, I give this example because I love my examples. Last year's Remacon, which for anybody who's not familiar, I did a three-person relay, 95 miles. We had to, we had a very tight pace we had to keep. You had to maintain a pace, otherwise you're going to be swept. My third leg I had already run 20 some odd miles. I don't even know. I had severe cramps before on my second leg. And that third mile, I had to do some a pace that for me was aggressive, very aggressive to maintain this for our team. And I did it because what happened is I had practiced all of the elements that we do, easy runs, but the intervals and the tempo run, I knew what to expect. I knew, okay, I'm going to go into a tempo run. This is, I hate to say it, this is going to suck, but I know my body can do it. And mentally I was prepared because I had done this in training so many times that it, like when I realized, okay, this is just a tempo pace. Don't freak out. It's just a tempo pace. You could do this. And I was able to do it. So the tempo run is great if you want to increase your speed, but also don't underestimate the mental aspect of it. And a lot of times it's good for half marathoners, marathoners and above. We could go into who probably wouldn't necessarily benefit as much from this type of run, but usually half marathons and above are why you would do this for that whole, you get faster, you really do, but your body knows what to expect. Physically and mentally, you're like, okay, this is going to not be pleasant, but it'll work. <laughs> and it wasn't pleasant. I'll be honest with that. Oh, it was not pleasant, but I got it done. I did the pace, which for me, like I said, you couldn't even ask Coach Lou, who I ran it with. 
it, it was an aggressive pace. I <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought up the mental aspect because I think that is huge for this type of run. Um, not only physically are we like making our bodies more efficient at essentially running at this faster pace for a longer period of time and being able to still remove waste so that like lactic acid doesn't build up. And we should probably mention that you know, you will hear some, and even myself, I'll commonly refer to this as like threshold pace yes. as well. Because again, the sciencey part kind of says this is your threshold pace. Um, so those terms are used interchangeably by most people when you hear about it. So you'll even hear me kind of say tempo threshold. I think the public kind of thinks of it as a pace, but we'll talk about how it's technically not a pace, but yeah, I will still use those terms interchangeably just so someone doesn't get confused, but it is a tempo run. So physically, it kind of allows our body to increase our stamina, if you will, like for that extended period of time, which definitely helps out in races because you're never, ever going at your race pace really in training for the distance that you're doing for the race. I need to clarify that for the distance that you're doing because that that would be racing. That would not be training and we don't race in training. Right. But the mental side, I think it's huge. Like you nailed it. I feel like myself personally, as I've, you know, extended these out from doing way back in the beginning, a two mile tempo run, you know, two miles at that tempo pace to a three mile to even doing four miles, like, that was a huge jump, even just mentally Yes. and knowing how it feels like that uncomfortable feeling that I had during that run, like you said, mentally helps prepare you for your race. If your goal is to get faster and you want to get that PR because it's going to be uncomfortable, right? And you need to utilize some of your mental strategies um, during those hard training runs, such as the tempo run. Um, so it's like, not as fast as your interval or your, your speed work, sprint work, if you think about, but it's uncomfortable because you're holding it for this extended period of time and it kind of builds up. And for those of you who are experienced half marathoners or marathoners, you know when that uncomfortable feeling occurs during the race, whether it is at a half at around 10 or 11 miles or at the full, you know, at the 20 mile mark, right? And thereafter, you're going to have that overwhelming feeling and you might not even have increased your pace at all. But it's just the accumulation over time. Like, hey, we've been doing this for a while. Like, this feels really uncomfortable. And so I love the fact that you brought up the mental side because I find that that is a huge um, benefit is it, it gives you that opportunity to practice your mental game and your mental strategies and training that you're going to utilize for your race. And then it also gives you that boost of confidence that, you know, you did this harder run, you, you got into this uncomfortable feeling and you were able to kind of conquer it. So yeah, those are some great benefits. So I guess who would benefit um, from doing a temple run? Anybody who, now I have to clarify this. And this comes to, you know, experience. If you are a beginner with limited 
experience and training plans, I would say you don't want to listen to this exact part. But who benefits from a tempo run is basically anybody who is running a half marathon or above. With the lower distances, you can st- you can always benefit from a tempo run. Always. Whether you're doing a 5K or you're doing a 10K, you can benefit from tempo runs. And I will give 5K people or 10K people, I will give them tempo runs. But those are a little shorter. And that I'll go into the technicality of how long a tempo run should be. But I see usually a 5K can be over. And this is not, I'm just saying in about half hour to 45 minutes, your 5K is over. A tempo run usually is between 20 minutes on. So 5Ks can benefit from tempo runs. But the bigger benefit will be for, in my opinion, half marathoners and above. And just because of the nature of it. Whereas uh, it's all relative, but doing 400 meter repeats may not, or one time around a track as fast as you can, may not benefit and will not benefit. Chances are a marathoner, but it would do excellent benefit for a 5K person to increase speed. So there are very different plans. But in my opinion, most everybody, unless you are a true beginner, can benefit from a tempo run. And even a beginner can benefit from a tempo run as long as we talk about and we're going to talk about the pace and how fast you should be running through a tempo. And you will see that why you can do a tempo run pretty much. Yeah. And I I love that you brought up the duration and the length of time that we're holding this tempo pace Mm -hmm. because we can change that variable as well. And for a beginner runner or someone, you know, who is training for a 5k or a 10k, you know, you could utilize this more in their base training phase, right? As opposed to their race specific training. But like, yeah, you said that programming wise, that'd be great to like add in base. Whereas usually for like the marathon distance, for example, we almost do the opposite. In their base training phase, we really focus on maybe some more strength building, some faster work to get the legs turning over. And then as we get closer to the race, we actually transition more to extending out this faster running and running more at the tempo pace and adding marathon paced miles into specific runs. Yes. So I kind of think of those as like when in the training cycle we add them in. So that will, will vary. So who really wouldn't a tempo run be that beneficial for? Somebody who's doing probably their first experience as a runner, whether it is a 5K, a 10K, chances are if you've never run before, you're not going to attempt a half marathon, but I've seen stranger things. <laughs> so you don't want to do a tempo run if you don't have a, a good base. It's always down to your you know, your, your base. Or if you hear a temple run of my friend did a temple run, so I'm going to do a temple run. No, no, put the brakes on. Think about it logically. Consult with, if you have a coach, I highly recommend it. But if you don't consult with like the healthy runner people or the website, I mean, people have asked questions on our Facebook 
We have a great Facebook community and people have asked questions and I have direct messages them with answers, you know? So if you do have a question very specific like that, we can help you. It wouldn't be a, it's not a personalized coaching plan unless you sign up, but we do have resources to help you. And if you are wondering whether a temple, you can benefit from a temple run, you know, direct message myself. I answer messages all day long from people. So basically who shouldn't are, in my opinion, true beginners who are not experienced with the different type of runs and are just trying to get a base down, you may not want to do a temple run. And I would even extrapolate on what you said there with beginners of covering the distance. So like you had mentioned, you know, you wouldn't be a beginner runner and try a half marathon. There are many people, like you said, who do, or if it's your first half marathon, maybe you've been running for a while, it's still your first time running and doing a long run of double digits of 10 miles, 11 mile. Maybe you do a 12, maybe you just stick with 11 as a beginner for your first half marathon, but you don't want to add those variables and increasing your overall weekly mileage at the same time that you're starting to add in this speed work. And I think this is something that I would say our kind of coaching philosophy at Healthy Runner um, is pretty consistent between all of us. And it's tough because a lot of runners, as, as you said, maybe, you know, look across at what their neighbor's doing or their friend. And they're like, well, they're doing this plan and it calls for a tempo run. And I've seen some plans that are beginner based, but still add in this variety of runs. And as I mentioned earlier, yes, we do have four types of runs. However, the tempo and the interval run, we really do not recommend for someone's first half marathon or someone's first marathon, unless you've done multiple half marathons with speed work in it, right? And tempo runs in it. And this is where the run coaching you, as a coach, we assess our runners. We see what their background is. We see what they need to work on. So it is very variable with all individuals. You know, I always like to tell people that. Right. And just generally speaking, though, what we do find is many people either getting injured or, quite frankly, burnt out from the training. That's and the they don't enjoy it. They don't enjoy that- it. They're like, this sucks. Yeah, I'm training for this half marathon. I set this goal. I, I set this challenge for myself because I'm turning 40 or I'm turning 50, right? And they want to cover this marathon or this half marathon and they just hate it. And obviously we believe in lifelong injury free running. So I would rather have someone like enjoy the training process, yep. celebrate the win and actually embrace all the benefits that running has to offer us mm-hmm. right, for our lives versus getting burnt out because you added in way too much and everything felt terrible, hard, right? So that's kind of where we're coming from. And and again, like I've seen so many injured runners make some of these training mistakes the first time they go to tackle a certain distance. So I would agree with you that, you know, if it's your first time doing a, you know, marathon, half marathon, then I wouldn't recommend that you start adding in tempo runs unless you are under the guidance of a coach who is going to start with shorter intervals and monitor and see how you respond to the training. Um, But for those of you who aren't working with a coach, then I would highly recommend that you don't tackle those as well as I guess my, you know, 
running physical therapist brain also needs to see <laughs> if you're currently still recovering from an injury and are running with some pain. And most injuries, and I've talked about this many times before, you can modify a run plan and still keep someone running without having to stop running if you had some plantar fasciitis, some IT band syndrome, right? Some proximal hamstring tendinopathy or runner's knee. However, if you are still having pain with running, Temple Run is not going to um, certainly um, help you, right? It's, it's, if anything, is going to slow down that process of you continuing to get better. So I would also add that in if someone is actively still having symptoms with running, it's been getting better, their symptoms are going down, you're recovering from your injury, you know, now is not the time to add in the Temple Runs yet. So, you know, that will come in the future. So I'll also add that in there. So I guess, you know, if someone's like, okay, I understand the benefits here. And, you know, maybe I've been uh, at this half marathon thing a couple of times. And I noticed I'm at a kind of a plateau in, um, you know, I'm not able to break this specific barrier. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've never done these temple runs for the first time. I'm hearing about it. So Coach Cat, how do I actually do these? Like, what does this actually look like to run at this <laughs> faster pace that you mentioned? This is what I do day in and day out. So I'm happy about <laughs> this. No, I don't do tempo runs day in and day out. I'll be honest. You can either do a time-based tempo run or a mileage-based tempo run. A lot of times for my beginners who've never done, and when I say beginners, I don't mean new to running. I mean a beginner who is new to a structured plan or new to a specific uh, race distance. It doesn't mean you're a beginner runner. It just means that this, you're beginning the process of doing a new distance. I usually do it by distance. So I will tell people one mile tempo run. So that is where I break it down. Your first mile should be your easy pace that you normally run to get your body used to it. Then your second mile should be your tempo pace. And your third mile should be an easier cool down. You should not use it as a total recovery that third mile, you should still be moving. So if you find at the end of that third mile, you need to stop, you can't go on, that means your tempo pace was too fast for that specific workout. Usually in my indication, there's another way to just tell. That's usually an interval or a sprint workout. So that's the first I would do. Then I would start increasing it by a mile. Generally speaking, two mile, three mile tempo runs. After that, you I know you've done some four miles for the marathon or even more. I tend to move into a time-based plan. So it can be anywhere from a 20 minute tempo run. It's usually 20 minutes to 60 minutes, believe it or not. 60 minutes is at 60 to set is, is at that extreme more of an ultra I've done. You, you don't generally, because if you're just talking a 10 minute mile, that's six miles, you may not, that's a little more extreme. So usually it's between 20 and 40 minutes. And however many miles you can get in the 20 to 40 minutes. So that is the overall how I would structure a tempo run based on where you are in your experience, whether you're very new to tempo runs or if, if you're training for 
an ultra marathon or you're training for a marathon, your tempo runs are definitely going to be longer than if you, this is your first half marathon tempo run. Right. Again, if you see a plan, be very careful if you just get it off the internet when it says a tempo run, because it may have you at a 40 minute or a two mile tempo run, but that may be too much for you at that point. Okay. So just the structure of a tempo run is, I like to think of, I'm a big turkey sandwich kind of guy, right? So if I think I got my bread, right? So I got my carbs that give me spark. I got my, you know, my top bun, let's say, of my roll. That's going to be like the easy pace mile to start. And then I would also add in there, because I've shared this on the podcast before, that I have been a big fan of actually making the beginning easy part of the run, even extend two miles, because I feel like that gives me a better warm up, especially for an aging runner like myself. So middle-aged runners, you might like if you've been doing tempo runs for a while, and this is like a refresher for you, and you've never tried doing two miles as a warm up. Trust me, you'll love a two mile warm up before you actually get into your tempo pace miles. But we have like the bun, your warm up kind of miles at your easy pace. And then the meat in the middle there, your protein is going to be these tempo miles, the tempo pace. And then we got some carbs on the back end there. And we got the other part of the bun that is going to be easy running after you're done with your tempo miles. You can even go crazy. And, and like mess up where you're going to have to put some pickles and lettuce in there. Yes. And do let's go there. Let's do on it. A long I, know run, you, I, know, I know what you're thinking here. On a long, on your long runs, we always say you should run your long runs easy. But if you're training for a marathon, we will throw tempo runs in there. So you could do, if you have a long run of, 20 miles. This is for advanced. I'm not going to give this to my beginner marathoners, but if you have a 20 mile long run, your first five miles, go ahead, run it at an easy pace. Then maybe mile five through eight or nine tempo pace, and then go back to an easy run. So you can incorporate tempo runs, not as just their own workout, but within larger workouts as well. A lot of times people don't realize you can put a tempo run inside a bigger workout. You can use them just by themselves or you could put them into a bigger workout. So you do have that option if you are an experienced run who've done many 20 milers or 18 milers or 15 miles and you've done that on a regular basis, that's when you might want to incorporate a couple of miles in the middle of that. And you by the nature, your warm up is going to be easier. You're going to be doing an easy warm up for maybe five miles, then go into a tempo pace. So, yes, it can be incorporated into a longer run and not just stand by itself. So, again, that's another option, but then that, that depends on your on how much you've been running as well. You don't right. want to do that. If it's your first 20 miler, we are not adding in tempo runs for your first 20 miler or even your 15 miler. No. <laughs> yeah. Nope. And, and we have a whole training on actually advanced marathon training with coach Lou um, on our team. And actually the newest spark healthy runner, you know, blueprint uh, PDF kind of guide that was actually just released is our marathon training guide for either beginner or advanced runners, because we have both, types of information in there 
um, if you are looking to run a marathon and have longevity in mind to not only finish the race, but then continue love running after the race and not be injured or not be burnt out, check out the guide. Uh, you can just go to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com um, forward slash marathon, and you can learn about marathon mindset, which Coach Kat uh, did that training on mindset for the marathon, base building for the marathon, strength training for the marathon, nutrition uh, with Brooke for the marathon, and then also that either beginner training or advanced training for the marathon. So make sure you guys download your copy of that, which has a ton of videos, trainings, like supplemental information that will certainly help you train for your marathon. So thank you for bringing that up. That's like kind of the spice. I thought, honestly, you were going with, because I think we can go there now that we kind of mentioned this tempo run has this faster running in the middle. And I think you mentioned it before is sometimes we can break up. So as your example, you did one mile easy pace, one mile at tempo pace, and another mile at easy pace. Once that extends to, let's say, three miles at tempo pace, so maybe you do one easy, three in the middle, one at the end. So in total, you're running five miles, but you have three at tempo pace. A lot of times before we do that, once we start extending out the distance or the time that you talked about, we can add in kind of what we call tempo intervals. So between the turkey, maybe you throw in a pickle and that's like a one minute rest recovery at easy pace just to help bring that heart rate down a little, prevent you from jumping over into not utilizing oxygen puffing and puffing, as I was mentioning before, and then kind of regroup. Think about, oh, I finished the first mile. Tackle that. All right, I got another one coming. And then do another mile and then maybe add another one minute rest. And it's not a long rest. Like it's literally, you know, you could program anywhere from 30 to 90 seconds. I would say the most common I usually do is a minute. It's just enough time to get your breathing back down. Heart rate just dips down a little bit. Maybe you take a swig of water, especially in the heat, right? That kind of thing. And then you go back into your tempo pace. So yeah, the tempo intervals, are you a big fan of programming that for your athletes to start out before you really start building up? Usually what I tell them is see how they feel after the, if if they're the first mile, obviously no, but if they have a two mile tempo run and it's their first time, what I will tell people after that first mile assess, if you can keep going at that pace and you really think you can keep going at the pace, then go for it. If you're finding you, 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 at the end of that one mile, you're like, I can't do another mile of this. Stop, take a breather, walk it out, catch your breath. And then go in maybe not as fast, but still faster than your cool down. And that's one of the things that why I talk about tempo pace calculators. But I I tell my runners, assess how you feel. You know, at the end, at the end of each mile, if you have a two mile tempo run at that first mile, okay, how do you feel? You know, can you do this for another mile? Go for it. If you feel you can't, then take that break recover and then go on again. Right. Yeah. And I I think it's a, it's a huge, I feel like, like the two miler, like you mentioned, um, 
is usually doable for most without a rest. Mm-hmm. I feel like the three is like the difference maker because, you know, anywhere you're looking at if someone's tempo pace, and we're going to get into paces, but let's just use some examples. If it's anywhere between, let's say, eight and 10 minutes per mile, that means, you know, you're running essentially between 24 and 30 minutes at this faster pace. So it does become somewhat overwhelming, mm-hmm. not just from a physical, physiologic standpoint, but then also mentally too, right? Where if you just get that, you know, you have that little rest and the physiologic, you know, benefit or, you know, it's not a huge difference. And I think it allows the body to, you know, run those miles or that time period with just a little bit of a rest to kind of come down and and to prevent someone from running them too fast. And now getting outside of what you had talked about in terms of like RPE of a seven or an eight. And now this run's starting to turn into like a nine out of 10 effort, which is not what we want for this type of run. I hope you are enjoying this episode and it is providing value for you. I wanted to take a brief moment to share a story of a real runner like you who is struggling with a common problem that you may be facing. Here is one of our athletes who got the guidance, support, and accountability from our Healthy Runner coaching team to get clarity and structure on the six steps to growing as a runner with personalized strength, nutrition, and run plans. I hope their story inspires you that there is hope to either get over your running injury or to continue getting faster or running longer so you can continue to get in those mental clearing miles and enjoy your running journey again. Here is their inspiring story. The main problem you were having that you decided to sign up for the program. You may not have a problem, but what was your goal? And I'm going to write this down, even though it's being recorded. I was lost. Number one, I was lost. Number two, I was running five, seven days a week, not obviously not high mile, high, high right. mileage, but I was running and I was like, you know, I shouldn't, my friend tells me you shouldn't be doing that. My sister-in-law that referred me to Dwayne's po- uh, podcast, she's also a physical therapist. She was the one that introduced me to him and she was the one that said, you should not be doing this. Hey, check out these podcasts. Kind of snowballed from there. So I really, I needed direction. And I wanted to get stronger because I didn't want to injure myself. That was my main concern. And I, and I remember also in the beginning, I was lost about pace. I'm no longer lost about pace. I have (laughs) learned so much. That was a big one for me, but it was mainly, I needed direction. Right. And I knew that I started to love running. So I wanted to start, you know, seeing where, where it could, you know, lead right. me to and hopefully run a half by my birthday by the time my birthday comes around right. so and this is kind of a long I know what you it, but what progress have you made in the 16 weeks since you started the program I know this hands down like this 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 I might get very emotional and I'm sorry if I do I'm just That's I'm fine. very emotional about this but That's good life-changing in so many ways and not just the running itself but just the progression and and where I am today has helped me in so many areas of my life I can't even if I would tell you right now we'd be on here for three hours I I hear you yeah but it's been it's given me 
so much confidence in so many areas. I'm just being a wife, being my, you know, running my business and just, it's giving me confidence in so many levels that it, it's unbelievable because I'm doing things that I would in a million years, not didn't think I'd be doing, you know what I mean? I'm pushing, not pushing. I I don't want to say pushing my body to the limits, but I'm you're challenging. Yes. In a sense, thank you. I'm challenging myself and I just, it's amazing. It, It really is any words I would describe this program life changing. Okay. Uh, that's, that's great. And more of the nitty gritty, what worked best for you in the program? What worked best for me? The schedule. Okay. Schedule was, it was, you know, and I know that, you know, even in the very beginning, it was, you know, before I started the program, I, you know, Google, Google this, how do I do this? How do I do that? Programs, uh, training programs. I was like so overwhelmed and I almost did one of those generic, you know, I was very close to that. I almost really gravitating towards that. But if that was, I couldn't do, I said, no, I need someone that, you know, I need to figure this out and I need someone to help me figure out, figure this out. You know what I I mean? In a nutshell, the schedule. And, um, is there something you think, and these are open-ended, but that the program, there is a way to make it simpler or easier, or it's good as it is, or is like, is, is there something that might be easier if you're starting out again to other people? Because we want to help other people. This program, it's not, I mean, it's not one size fits all. It is so individualized that it's, I really don't think anything I can't think of anything that could be done to, I don't think anything needs improvement for me. I mean, I think my program was perfect. I think the way that it was structured, the structure of it was great. Um, you know, every, most of us, we leave, we lead crazy lifestyles and, (laughs) and I, you, you know, that I have two jobs and, you know, I, all of this, what I did was, you know, on the, and now my work schedule at my full-time job has changed. So sometimes I'll run, depending on the mileage, sometimes I'll run in the morning before work. And sometimes I don't, it really just, you know, we make it happen, yeah. but it's doable. You, you invest in this program, you invest in your health, you make it happen. And I make things happen. And I think that it's, it's great. I think it's, I don't think anything needs to be improved. I, I, I really think that. I hope sharing that story inspired you and provided you some hope. If you want the one-on-one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team of experts, check out the behind-the-scenes video tour of our signature coaching program you just heard about, including other stories from runners who are just like you and were struggling with the same sticking points before they signed up for our program. Just head to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com to learn more and book your strategy call with me today. Now let's get back into this episode. So I I feel like that three mile mark is usually a good time to really start adding in some of those intervals. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a huge fan of using strategic 
walk breaks. And I say, and that's a whole nother topic, but strategic walk breaks, not walk when you get tired for like five minutes if you're looking for time. But strategic walk breaks can be a game changer for actually hitting a PR. People don't believe me, but I, I, I'm telling you. And, and if that may be in the tempo run as well. All right. So Coach Gat, I understand how to do the tempo run. I understand the sandwich concept. I just learned that Dwayne's a big fan of turkey sandwiches. Eh, vegetarian. How, how do I? All right. So you got a lot of lettuce. You have a lot of lettuce and pickles in between there. Or you got a veggie burger. In, I in do. Between. <laughs> Although I've been known to drink pickle juice as my my thing. So that's not even. Hey, that's an it, it's great thing, in the in the hot and humid yes. uh, weather for sure. What, how do I know, like, how fast I should be running? Okay. When I go out there for my tempo pace. Here is where I, 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 I kind of diverged, like, like, Coach Lou is a number person, and I love Lou and I talk all the time. We kind of split on this one a little bit. He is a huge fan of the tempo pace calculator. I like it for experienced runners. And he works with a lot of people who are trying to get to Boston, who are trying to do these really insane, like goals in terms of pacing, mostly Boston. You need a tempo pace calculator. You need to put in the tempo pace calculator, what your goal time is, and it will spit out what all of your paces should be for easy runs, long runs, tempo pace. That is somewhere where I strongly suggest you utilize that. You know, that's very important for that type of training. A lot of other runners are not, they're doing half marathons or they're not aiming to hit that Boston number. So at that point, the tempo calculator can almost psych you out sometimes because you'll put in a pay, you'll put in your end result of you want to run. And I'm going to give an example, a four hour marathon and your tempo pace may be an 830 or an 805. Here's the problem. You're putting in, if you have no experience with a marathon, you're putting in what you think or what you're going to do, not what in reality you may be able to do. So it's kind of an ego killer. And I hate to say that, but if you put in a four hour marathon, but you've never run a marathon and your halves are, I I don't like to give Usually you can double a half and add 30 minutes for a marathon time, rough thing, but 15 to 30 minutes. But if you generally think you know your paces, if you are unrealistic and you're hoping for a four, it doesn't mean you're not going to be able to run a sub four. But if you are realistically or you've run a marathon and you're at a 450, a five hour, but you put in a four hour marathon as your goal, your tempo pace is going to be too fast. And it, it, it's numbers. So I always tell people when you're doing that tempo pace and you're not necessarily trying to hit a specific time goal, but you still want to PR, what I suggest is not initially using the tempo pace calculator, but running on that RPE comfortably hard. If you do put the calculator in, be aware that you're going to have a little bit of a range. And if you're, and I learned the hard way, but if your tempo says it should be an 830, 
And you're looking at your watch and your first minute, you're at 8.30 and you're like, oh, this is really easy. You know, you're going to start maybe second guessing yourself. No, stay with that pace. But on the other way, if you're supposed to be at an 8.30 and you're at a 9.30 and you're struggling, if you try to push into that 8.30 range, you're going to be doing a whole different type of workout. So if you're not experienced in terms of knowing your paces inside and out, at this point, I know my paces. I've run enough. You know, I know what my tempo pace should be for a marathon. I know what my tempo pace should be for an ultra. But if you don't have that familiarity, then a tempo pace calculator can be helpful. But only if you look at it honestly, you put in an honest assessment of your abilities and you really take it with a grain of salt and don't let it psych you out. And you could have one tempo run. It's 90 degrees and humid. You're not going to hit your tempo pace. Chances are, if it's a nice crisp fall day, you may exceed your tempo paces. So you always have to take into account when you're working specifically with paces, that weather, how you feel, fatigue will all play a role. So a lot of times I like people to run on that RPE comfortably hard, out of breath, but not gasping and run on feel more so than pace if they're not that familiar. I hope that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. And I love that you brought up those other variables. And the one that I've talked about, you know, previously with myself learning the hard way, like you mentioned, I was stuck on that number. Oh. And it wasn't because it wasn't my current fitness. And and I guess that's what I'll just reiterate your point with goal aspirational marathon time versus what is your actual current fitness? Because that's yes. the pace you actually want to train at. So ideally, if you have run a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon recently, you're going to utilize that time as right. your current fitness to find out what the calculator pops out for your tempo time, not where your goal marathon time is. Because we need to train at our current fitness level. Because if you try for the aspirational goal, then like you said, you're probably not training in the zone that we're looking to train in and get all these physiologic benefits of the tempo run. But the kind of learning from past experience for me was Mm -hmm. my, I, I was stuck. I shared multiple times at a 144 half marathon time. And my tempo pace has been literally 740, 745 for like the last two or three years. So I've been very comfortable and looking at my watch and making sure that I'm staying at that pace. But what I didn't realize is elevation is going to change an effort level. And I got killed on that half mile incline of route 10 here (laughs) because I would try to still hit it. And I'm like, I'm going to conquer that hill. I, I need to hit the 740 pace. But what I didn't realize, like dumb Dwayne back then, didn't realize that, oh, you idiot, like you actually exceeded and now you actually didn't get the really great benefits of maintaining and and holding back and having patience at running faster for a longer period of time and working within that zone because you weren't going on effort. I was just strictly looking at the number on my watch. So I love your point about effort with the weather, the elevation, with the humidity, all those other variables, even sleep, right? Fuel, hydration, all that stuff is going to play a role. I had a tempo pace that I was supposed to be hitting 
And while I could hit that, I realized it was moving me into, it wasn't a true tempo run. It was moving me too fast. So I adjusted my mindset, which is always tricky. It's ego. Ego rules us. But I adjusted it to give myself a 15 to 20 second variable on slower. And as long as I was in between a 20 to 30 second variable, it was much more manageable, took the stress out of hitting that target. Sometimes I was able to hit that low end. Other times I just couldn't do it. And I was fine with that because I was still running on RP. I was still putting effort in. Right. So I lo- that's why those pace calculators, unless you are working like with Coach Lou or somebody who really has to hit those paces consistently to qualify for a Boston, I, I don't put... I, I don't live and breathe those. That's right. just mine. Some people do, but psychologically people underestimate the mental role. And I'm a strong proponent of this. All of my podcasts have always incorporated the mental aspect of running. I've been very open about the, the, the uh, I did the podcast on how stressed I used to get about runs. I've done the podcast about mental mind tricks for marathon. So Sometimes when we chase that number, it can really not be beneficial for our running, for our purpose of a tempo run, is all I'm saying. And just so the listeners know, if you do want any of those previous trainings that Kat just mentioned, just click Coach Kat's bio. I have the link with all of our trainings um, and you can learn more about those. Or treadmills. Or treadmills or safety with running especially if you're female runners. Oh God. Yes. Yes. That was an excellent episode, by the way. Everyone loved that. Very helpful. But kind of getting back to this tempo point, and I would even honestly push back to you just a little bit because I know coach Lou, even though like he's a numbers guy, analytics, all that stuff, he will still tell his runners though, like here's the number for your tempo run, but don't let it fool you if right. It is humid or if terrain still go on effort. And so I like to think of the number as a guide. And then like you said, yes. know yourself as a runner. Will numbers intimidate you? If so, don't even worry about the number. Go on effort only. But if you're someone like me who's a little bit more type A, maybe I'd like a number around that I should be shooting for. I know. <laughs> and then get the number, but then also have a good self-assessment and yes. know when the conditions are not best for you to be able to run at that time that your current level of fitness tells you it should be at. And for most of the clients I work with, I, I explain that to them, you know, on our deep dive calls. And I say, okay, now, hey, we got you pain free, right? We've added in some strides, haven't had a spike in pain at all. Here's the next level we're going to go, go to is this tempo run piece and running a little bit faster. And, you know, I kind of give them a guide of where we're going to shoot for, but then, there's always the questions after the run of mm-hmm. how did this feel for you on a scale from zero to 10? And I'm making sure that their RPE level was, and usually if we're just starting out, I'm going more conservative. So I want to make sure it's at seven, right? And if they're telling me it's an eight, then I'm going to tell them, okay, next week, let's go 10 seconds slower than you actually did this one, right? So there is some trial and error. And, you know, so don't be afraid to kind of play around with that. And really do an accurate self-assessment that you were at a seven out of 10 and then always your, your baseline that you're comparing it to are your easy runs, which should be at a four or a five level. 
Mm-hmm. And if your easy runs are at a seven or an eight, then like go back and listen to the easy run episode <laughs> um, with Coach Latoya because you need to learn how to master that first before yes. you even get to the tempo run. <laughs> and Lou, and, and to bring up Lou again, he is a strong proponent of running your runs easy. Absolutely. He, will, he loves easy run. He, he, we all are. But if you listen to his podcast or you listen to his posts on Facebook, he is always saying, run your runs easy. Don't go too fast. You know, you can tell Lou and I talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Easy runs easy. Fast runs fast or hard runs hard. And that's the secret sauce, essentially. Yes. And, you know, fast runs fast, meaning when we're doing our tempo runs, like we're running them at that tempo pace and making sure we're in that range. So I think we kind of covered pacing with the tempo run and kind of the calculators, how we can calculate. And it, it is going to be more beneficial for the experienced runners. Are there any, we kind of got into like some specific types of tempo workouts, but uh, right. are there any types that we didn't cover that you would like to mention? Not Again, you can do a tempo run based on distance or time, you know, and and the tempo workout is, again, just that faster pace, comfortably hard in between a warm up and a cool down. So the specifics are usually based upon your plan, your fitness, your distance. If you are doing a ultra marathon, your tempo runs are going to be possibly, I also should probably say this, your tempo runs may be slower for say a marathon or an ultra marathon if you are holding that pace for longer, but your effort level and your RPE will still be at an eight. So as the distances change, you know, tempo runs for ultras, I'm not going to get into too much of that, but your pace will be slower for a tempo run than it is for a half marathon potentially, but your RPEs will still be the same. So I do like to add that in there. And if you're doing, usually once you go past marathon distance, you start switching over to a time-based plan just for practical purposes. But just keep in mind that that is going to be possibly your marathon tempo pace may be slower than your half marathon tempo pace. And that's perfectly fine because you're running on the rate of perceived exertion. The benefits will still be there. You will still get those benefits, even if you're running a little slower, as long as your rate of perceived exertion is at that eight level, if you're more experienced. So I wanted to add that in there. Yeah, no, that's great. And you know, if we could sum this up in, in kind of talking misconception, I know you said that word earlier, but, you know, what would you say is, is the big misconception that you would love to change about uh, tempo runs? That they're complicated, they have to be scientific, that you have to hit a certain pace. Really, those are my three things. A tempo run is just a faster pace. You know, I know... There are scientific people out there. Like I said, you want that? Come to me. I'll cover you. 
right? Make you even fall asleep possibly. But, you know, it doesn't have to be a specific pace if you don't want it to be. It can just be a rate of perceived exertion of eight where you are comfortably hard run. Not easy, not sprint. You know, people think it's this big, they, they overcomplicate it sometimes and it doesn't have to be complicated. Anyone can do these. Like I said, even if you're training for a 5K, you can do it. The benefit may not be as great. You may not see the biggest benefit from that type of run for a 5K as you will in a half or a full, but you can still get the benefit from it. Don't, that, that's probably my the biggest misconception I think people have is that there's temple runs are com- complicated. They don't have to be. You don't have to hit a pace. You really don't have to if you don't want to. If you want to aim for it, use a range. Don't use that specific. Use a range so that you give yourself a little leeway. But that's probably the misconceptions. Yeah, I love it. And guys, now that you really listened to this temple running training, like you took the first step. Congratulations. Right now, remember, the next step is growing um, in your running journey by implementing it. So if you don't know how to implement it and you want the guesswork taken away from you, we gave you a lot of great tips today. But if you weren't exactly following and you want to really learn how to implement and do it in a progressive fashion and get clarity and focus on exactly what you need to be doing for your training to hit your running goal, then you can learn more about our High Touch one-on-one Spark Healthy Runner coaching program where you can work with Coach Cat or any of the other run coaches on our team that we had talked about today. You can learn more by just going to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com and schedule a call with me and we will hop on a call to make sure it's a good fit for really um, what you're looking for. And uh, yeah, we'll be able to take you to the to the glory days and really take you to the promised land of giving you that clarity that you need to grow in your own running journey. And don't forget that we talked about our six steps to growing as a runner today. There is a full ebook, a lot of training on all of those six steps that I mentioned. So you can download that for free by just going to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com to get that free ebook as well. Coach Cat, as always, it's always fun to chat running with you and learn something from your um, vast knowledge and experience <laughs> that you bring uh, to our Healthy Runner coaching team. So thank you for taking the time out of your very busy day to educate us all about tempo runs. You're welcome. I love talking. We all know that. Anytime. <laughs> well, yeah. If you love talking, then you're always going to be a, uh, a guest on, on our podcast. Yes. Yeah, that's what we do here. Uh, and guys, thank you for listening to this. If you're uh, watching the video version on our Spark Healthy Runner YouTube channel, we appreciate if you hit the like button. It will just help YouTube be like, hey, this is helpful content. Maybe more runners should actually learn about a tempo run and how to do it the right way. And if you're listening on the podcast right now, hopefully you are enjoying a run. Um, Probably not doing a tempo run. Maybe you're doing a nice, easy run, but you're thinking about implementing this into your tempo run. But hopefully uh, you are really enjoying your run right now and getting those mental clearing miles in. And if uh, you enjoyed this episode, you will certainly love our episode 159 on how to grow as a runner in those six easy steps that I talked about before. 
So you can queue that up on the podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can just click the video that I have for you here next. And as always, let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner Podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of our six steps to growing as a runner framework at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash grow. Two, follow our Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner. Three, join our free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark healthy runner five leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons and trainings back here right to you don't forget hit the subscribe button on apple podcast or the follow button on spotify so you don't miss the next episode of healthy runner so you can maintain a strong mind a strong body and just keep running Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching to apply for our one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I really, truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.